Hello and welcome to another week of Looking at God's Word Together. We hope and pray that our ministry is helping you and blessing you in some way. If you have any questions or just need some prayer, please feel free to reach out to us through our website at www.thelatterrain.org. We would be happy to help. As part of today's sharing, we will be looking at Proverbs chapter 19. We will be focusing today on verses that have to do with wealth and poverty and what kinds of relationships those things produce. Money, unfortunately, is the measure that many people use to size up others. And based on that measure is the way that people treat each other. People many times base a person's worth on what they have, that depending on how much you have is how much you are of value to them. And of course, money sometimes does not produce good relationships. We'll look at this a little further on. But for right now, let's go to the Lord to pray for His guidance as we look into His Word together. Let's pray. Lord God, Heavenly Father, I praise You and I worship You for Your goodness and Your mercy. I give You thanks, O Lord, for Your love, for Your Son, Jesus Christ. Thank You, O Lord, for everything that You have given us through Him. Heavenly Father, I pray in the name of Jesus that You please forgive my sins. And Heavenly Father, I pray, O Lord, in the name of Jesus, that you may always have mercy on us, O Lord, and that you may always shed your grace on us. I pray, O Lord God, now in the name of Jesus, that you may guide us through your word, through your Holy Spirit, O Lord. Help us, O Lord, to understand. And as always, Lord God, help us to have open hearts and minds and to be sensitive to your word and to try to listen to you as best as we can and to try to put in action what you teach us. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Today, we'll be reading from Proverbs chapter 19. And this is what we read. Better is the poor who walks in his integrity than one who is perverse in his lips and is a fool. Also, it is not good for a soul to be without knowledge, and he sins who hastens with his feet. The foolishness of a man twists his way, and his heart frets against the Lord. Wealth makes many friends but the poor is separated from his friend. A false witness will not go unpunished, and he who speaks lies will not escape. Many entreat the favor of the nobility, and every man is a friend to one who gives gifts. All brothers of the poor hate him. How much more do his friends go far from him? He may pursue them with words, yet they abandon him. He who gets wisdom loves his own soul. He who keeps understanding will find good. A false witness will not go unpunished, and he who speaks lies shall perish. Luxury is not fitting for a fool, much less for a servant to rule over princes. The discretion of a man makes him slow to anger, and his glory is to overlook a transgression. The king's wrath is like the roaring of a lion, but his favor is like dew in the grass. A foolish son is the ruin of his father, and the contentions of a wife are a continual dripping. Houses and riches are an inheritance from fathers, but a prudent wife is from the Lord. Laziness casts one into a deep sleep, and an idle person will suffer hunger. He who keeps the commandment keeps his soul, but he who is careless of his ways will die. He who has pity on the poor lends to the Lord, and he will pay back what he has given. Chasten your son while there is hope, and do not set your heart on his destruction. A man of great wrath will suffer punishment, for if you rescue him, you will have to do it again. Listen to counsel and receive instruction, 
that you may be wise in your latter days. There are many plans in a man's heart, nevertheless the Lord's counsel, that will stand. What is desired in a man is kindness, and a poor man is better than a liar. The fear of the Lord leads to life, and he who has it will abide in satisfaction. He will not be visited with evil. A lazy man buries his hand in the bowl, and will not so much as bring it to his mouth again. Strike a scoffer, and the simple will become wary. Rebuke one who has understanding, and he will discern knowledge. He who mistreats his father and chases away his mother is a son who causes shame and brings reproach. Cease listening to instruction, my son, and you will stray from the words of knowledge. A disreputable witness scorns justice, and the mouth of the wicked devours iniquity. Judgments are prepared for scoffers and beatings for the backs of fools. Before we get into looking at the individual verses we're going to look at, we need to better define the poor that is being talked about here. For starters, we need to understand the reason for why someone is poor. The reason how they got there is what defines whether they are poor, the type that, we sh that should be helped, or something else. The reason why some people are poor financially, and these are the ones that you need to be careful with, are the ones that are in that state because they're lazy. There are people that are so lazy that they are just waiting for someone else to give them something, the famous handout, if you will. They didn't do anything for them to help themselves. They are completely unmotivated and have no desire to become productive people because they are just simply lazy. And they find ways on how to blame everyone else for their so-called misfortune. And of course, they look for ways on how to take from others so they can avoid the effort of work. And two of the verses that we read today talk about this. Verse 15, for instance, says, Laziness casts one into a deep sleep, and an idle person will suffer hunger. And verse 24 says, A lazy man buries his hand in the bowl, and will not so much as bring it to his mouth again. These are the folks that look to exploit the social services that are meant for people that do need help. These are the people that try to appeal to your pity and take advantage of the good intentions others do have to help. So this kind of poor are not the ones that God talks about what we should help. The Bible is very clear in that laziness cannot be tolerated. As a matter of fact, and according to the scriptures, if a person does not provide for their family, they should be seen as non-believers, even though they profess to be believers. 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 8 says this, But if anyone does not provide for his own, and especially for those of his household, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. And in another part of the scriptures, the word is very clear on the requirement of work. 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 6 to 15 says, But we command you, brethren, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you withdraw from every brother who walks disorderly, and not according to the tradition which he received from us. For you yourselves know how you ought to follow us. For we were not disorderly among you, nor did we eat anyone's bread free of charge, but worked with labor and toiled night and day, that we might not be a burden to any of you, not because we do not have authority, but to make ourselves an example of how you should follow us. For even when we were with you, we commanded you this, If anyone will not work, neither shall he eat. For we hear that there are some who walk among you in a disorderly manner, not working at all, but are busybodies. 
Now those who are such we command and exhort through our Lord Jesus Christ that they work in quietness and eat their own bread. But as for you, brethren, do not grow weary in doing good. And if anyone does not obey our word in this epistle, note that person and do not keep company with them, that he may be ashamed. Yet do not count him as an enemy, but admonish him as a brother. So anyone that can work should work to sustain themselves. And of course, if they work hard, they will have what they need. They might not be rich, but they will at least have enough to survive. Otherwise, if a person is just lazy, then they need to get straightened out or left aside. But it is not right to support such people. It is especially not fair to those of us who work hard so we can help others to give to those who have no desire to be responsible and do nothing to help themselves. So now then, who are then the poor that the Bible teaches that we need to help? There are those that are poor because something happened to them. Something went wrong. There are those people that are poor because they got taken advantage of precisely by someone that was lazy or a schemer because someone did something wrong to them. There are those that are poor because they are sick and their sickness does not let them to be productive. There are those that are poor because certain circumstances in life cause their downfall, maybe some decisions that were not well taken. There are many reasons for why a person could be in poverty. And these are the poor that the Bible says that we should definitely help. And we should help with the idea that this is something that is pleasing to God and also because you might need some help also someday. Don't ever think or be so sure that nothing is going to happen to you ever. No one is free from going through circumstances that could change life dramatically. For we even read how Job's life changed and that he found himself without nothing in a matter of days. He lost all of his possessions, even though he was an extremely rich person at the time. He lost all of his children and even lost his health. He lost everything. So never, absolutely never think that you are untouchable. Now that we have explained things a little better, we can start looking at the different verses, but under an appropriate and clearer lens, if you will. Now let's start with verse 1. Better is the poor who walks in his integrity than one who is perverse in his lips and is a fool. In this verse, we read of a person that might do things right and still be poor, that they might be a person of integrity. Here and in many other places in the Bible is where the wealth gospel gets shot to pieces, if you will. Just because you do things right and even be a person of integrity does not guarantee that you will be wealthy and fine. And of course... God esteems more those people who have integrity rather than those who fill their mouth with things that go against God and that are fools because the fool and the perverse of lips is the one that speaks against God and goes against God. I'm not here to justify a potty mouth, but this verse does not refer to foul language. Unfortunately, some people worry more about shunning foul language rather than worrying about other things that are much more important, as we will see later on. Now let's jump to verse 4. Wealth makes many friends, but the poor is separated from his friend. Here we learn that many people have a tendency to look to have relationships with people that have some sort of wealth. People in general admire others with money, and they envy their lifestyle and their possessions. Most people that have money, or at least try to show like they have money, will always be surrounded by other people. 
But on the other hand, when a person is seen as poor, chances are, if they ever even had friends at some point, maybe under different circumstances, they would be abandoned by those so-called friends. Here's where we need to be careful, especially if you are perceived as a person of wealth. Those that pose to be your friends may not necessarily be true friends, just interested people. And at the same time, we cannot abandon someone because they are poor or in a poor state. That's where real friends are necessary. Verse 7 further reinforces this point where it says, All the brothers of the poor hate him. How much more do his friends go far from him? He may pursue them with words, yet they abandon him. It's truly sad how a person is treated when they're poor. Hardly anyone wants to be around them. Here we even see that a poor person's family hates them. The poor sometimes gets treated like a disease. And instead of people helping, those of us that know Christ, we wind up walking away, sometimes even shunning the poor. That's not what Jesus taught us, right? So why do so-called Christians do it? Why do many of us exhibit this behavior? It's just not right. And it is much more important to the Lord that you know how to treat your neighbor than being so worried about a person's language. The Bible refers to this as hypocrisy. Now, let's look at verse 14 because this needs some explanation. Houses and riches are an inheritance from fathers, but a prudent wife is from the Lord. Parents are supposed to work hard so their children have something to inherit. However, this does not mean that people should spoil their kids. Providing for your children and spoiling them are two different things. According to the Bible, you need to love your children, train them in the ways of the Lord, discipline them when necessary, teach them that hard work is necessary, and that they need to be people that do what is right before the eyes of God. And so, if they are raised right, they will be able to properly use what you leave behind for them. And here is where the prudent wife comes in, and, and here is a twofold point, one for unmarried men and the other for unmarried women. For the unmarried God-fearing men, of which I am one, we need to wait for a prudent woman, which is very rare in today's society. Prudency involves many things, and that is what makes them rare. Before God, prudency means someone that is God-fearing, that is wise, that is not superficial, that is dedicated to doing those things that God sees as good. A prudent person is not proud, does not think of themselves highly or above others. They are careful people, not careless. The prudent woman is the one that will be a good mother because she knows how and is willing to put others ahead of herself, ahead of her desires. Today, society trains women to think only about themselves, about what they want, and that everything else is a distant second place. You can't create a family like that. That's why marriages fall apart. That's why children are in to such deplorable moral states, because selfishness rules in the family. And now, here is the part that hits us unmarried, God-fearing men. We need to be about God's business. We need to learn how to put others ahead of ourselves as well. We, in turn, need to be prudent, just like we explained before and what prudency involves. When you have two people, a man and a woman, that are prudent and, of course, that love each other and know how to put others before their own selfish needs and desires, that's when a good family can be created, something that brings glory to God. It may not be perfect, 
but it will surely be something different to what we see around us. When God and His principles are the foundation of a marriage, of the two people that compose that marriage, then you have the recipe for the makings of a great marriage. Prudent people need to stick together. So if you don't find that other prudent person for both men and women, then just stay alone. That's my advice. It's better be alone and with bad company. Now, here's another very interesting verse as we come back from our slight tangent. Let's take a look at verse 17. He who has pity on the poor lends to the Lord, and he will pay back what he has given. This is another great reason for why we should be generous people and help the needy. When we help the poor, we are lending to the Lord. I don't know about you, but lending to God is the best investment any person can make. The stock market does not pay dividends like God does. Your business could not have a better partner than when it lends to God. Your family could not lend to a better person. That's why we need to be careful on where we invest our money, especially our tithes and offerings. If you go to a church that is truly about God's business, that they do help the needy and the poor as they share the gospel of Christ with others, rather than devoted to fancy buildings with staff making fat salaries, then by all means, give your tithes and offerings to that church. But if you don't have a place of worship where God's purposes are sought after, never fear. Pray so that the Lord can guide you to where you should invest your tithe and offering so that you ultimately wind up lending to Him. You always want to lend to God because He always pays back and in more ways than you cannot even imagine. And finally, let's take a look at verse 22. What is desired in a man is kindness, and a poor man is better than a liar. In this verse, we see desired qualities in a person, and that there are certain qualities that are better to have than others, even if a person's situation is not the greatest financially. We see that kindness is desired, and that should be obvious, but how many are in fact kind? How many people treat their fellow man with kindness? I hate to say this, but through my walk and even in the ministry, I have run into people who are very proud and show absolutely no kindness to anyone except to those people with wealth, which is a shame. I've gone to churches to ask for help for the needy, and they have outright said no in a very politically correct and with subtle language so that they don't discourage my participation in their church, since by the grace of God, I am not a poor person. Kindness is one of the characteristics less seen in many places, especially in places of worship. And we read here that someone that is poor but honest is more appreciated than a liar. But it should be quite obvious also that no one likes a liar. But how many people submit to a liar because they seem to be better off than others? I don't have anything against the rich, but rather what I'm against, based on what the Bible teaches, is the behavior that many people have towards the rich and how they cater to them versus how many people debase and mistreat the less fortunate, especially in places where everyone should be treated equally. And quite actually, the poor should be more of the center of attraction than those who have wealth. The backwards double standard needs to be done away with if we want to please God. This is something that we really need to get through our heads, especially those of us who call themselves believers and followers of Jesus Christ. 
that every single person will give an account before the throne of Christ. What we do here on this planet is being written down somewhere and we will stand for it if we don't repent and change. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 9 to 10 says this, Therefore we make it our aim, whether present or absent, to be well-pleasing to Him, speaking of God. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one may receive the things done in the body according to what He has done, whether good or bad. We need to be conscious about our actions, about how we treat our fellow man, especially those in need. And yes, we need to be careful with helping those that try to take advantage of us, but there are so many people out there that do have legitimate needs. There are people out there that need help, and if it is within our grasp to do something, we should do something. If God has given you a little extra, look to see where God wants you to use it. The way we use our financial resources says a lot of where our faith is. If you use things only in yourself and only for your wants and desires, then guess where your heart is? Yes, it's on yourself. You are the priority. But if you look to help others in need, those that have no way of helping themselves because of different reasons, then your eyes are on the Lord because that is what He wants for us to do. The Bible says that it is more blessed to give than to receive. And the Bible also teaches us that we should make ourselves more treasure in heaven rather than here and now on earth. My advice to you is to try to show your faith in Christ by the way you help others find their way to Jesus and help them meet their needs. The gospel of Christ needs to be preached and filled with good works. You can't do one without the other. Let's pray. Lord God, Heavenly Father, help us, O oh Lord, to be mindful that our, that our actions do matter, that our faith needs to have good works. Help us, O oh Lord, Heavenly Father, that how to know how to treat each other, those that are in need and those that may not have needs. Help us, O oh Lord, to know how to be fair to each other. But above everything, Lord God, help us to know how to please you and to do those things that bring you honor and glory, Lord God. Help us to take our eyes off from ourselves and to place them on you and to place them on your purposes. Help us, O oh Lord, Heavenly Father, to be able to, to walk the walk, to be able, Lord God, to to do those things that you teach us that we should be doing Lord God Heavenly Father help us to to know how to share the gospel with those around us and to be able to help in needs as well Heavenly Father help us to have a giving heart a soft heart a willing desire to be able to do again those things that please you I pray for each person listening Lord God Help them, O oh Lord, to understand what your true will is. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Please join us again next time as we continue studying God's Word. Please feel free to write to us through our website if you would like more information or just need some prayer. Our web address again is thelatterrain.org. The Latter Rain Ministries is a self-supporting Christian ministry dedicated to sharing Jesus Christ 
and his truth with the world. May God bless you.